All right, you're back in the DFSR on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie, that is... James Davis. Buddy, Wednesday hoops. This is the all... Yeah. Uh, this, this, this hoops podcast is going to be the all, this guy's injured, so what do we do situation. I think that that's going to just be the theme. We're going to roll through these game by game, but man, I... I, I can't even count all these games. There's too many to count. How many games are there in the slate? I'm going to count them real quick. Too many to count. I can't count that high. And there's like eight games. Really. There's eight now. There's seven games. Seven games. Oh, I, can't, I can count that every, Almost every single one has an injury situation that we're going to break down. I'm curious to get your thoughts on some of these. Um, I do have to say, though, from a, from a high level, this basketball season has been awesome. Like from an interesting, just keeping things interesting perspective, wouldn't you say? Like some teams are worse, yeah. like way worse than we thought they were going to be. The injury situation has been brutal. There's been a lot of really good guys that have been injured already this year, which is really like Hayward. Hayward is going to miss a ton of time. Uh, Darren Fox, they just said he's going to miss a ton of time. Obviously, Everyone on the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> every single guy in the Warriors is out. Um, like there was a couple, someone post tweeted the other day, or it was like something like the all injured, Marvin Bagley injured, DeAndre Ayton suspended, like Colin suspended. Like there's been a lot of like really big names that have already just gone down for one reason or another. I feel like from that point of view, do you feel like this season's like a little different even from that? Um, do you think that's also keeping things interesting? Like what are your thoughts on the NBA season? We'll get into these games real quick. Some of these things are going to be pretty cut and dry, I think. But just in terms of the NBA season from a projection standpoint, also just sort of a fan standpoint, do you think there's just been like even more movement around some of the stuff than we could have anticipated just because of the unknowns plus all these injuries and suspensions and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I love the NBA. I think my favorite, you didn't even mention my favorite story of the season, which is the Phoenix Suns, you know, losing oh, yeah. their number one overall draft pick, the guy that they thought we were, they were building around and just continuing this, you know, whirlwind tour. I mean, Grant, they've slowed down a little bit recently and, uh, you know, sort of come back down to earth. But the, like, this is a team I thought could win 20 games. And, you know, the, the fact that they've turned it around or at least are showing progress, that's kind of like what you love about sports, at least if you're me. Uh, the other story, you know, I, being up here in New England, Doug, where it's really cold. I know you're not up here, but it's, it's now officially cold here. Uh, the Boston Celtics. I saw this thing on the NBA subreddit, which is, by the way, just the best place to go for NBA news and information. So shout out to those guys over there. But uh, Boston, so Kemba Walker right now is on an eight-game winning streak with Boston. That is the longest winning streak of his entire career. And it happened oh. in the first of the first nine games with the Celtics. He has been on teams that have won. He was on the Bobcats team that lost... Uh, it was at 89.4% of their games. So that was one of his highlights of being in Charlotte. He also um, went on a 24-game losing streak at one point there. So i really rooting for Kemba Walker. And I haven't always been a fan of Boston sports. I'm not from this region originally. But yeah, but that's another team where I'm just like, it just feels good. to like When the, when the story lines up where like the selfish guy leaves, the unselfish guy comes in, now we're awesome and having a good time. I'm, I'm enjoying that too. So. Yeah, it's been there's just a million storylines. That's a great stat, by the way. Between Twitter and subreddit, NBA subreddit, that's like basically you can, sometimes you don't even need to watch the games and get everything you need from like those two places. <laughs> right. I think NBA sort of has like a content problem in this way. I think like people love to engage with stuff like that sometimes even more than like watching the games because if you like follow along NBA Twitter stuff. You can just kind of tell us, like, I don't think anyone's even watching the games. I think they're just talking about things that happen in the games that they're following, like, tangentially. It's really weird. It's, 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 a weird, it's such an interesting landscape. Anyway, we're going to get into the, some of the DFS plays. We're going to roll through these game by game, uh, talking about some of the injury news and updates that some is known, some is kind of hanging out there. All of it's going to affect lineups one way or the other. Uh, speaking of Charlotte, they face Memphis. They host Memphis as minus two favorites. They signed Terry Rozier. 
Uh, and it's probably one that's going to end up looking like one of the worst contracts of all time. Uh, it just looked brutal at the time. Uh, they seemed to not even really want to play him, even though they paid him the max. It's like the weird Devontae Graham's like playing more minutes off the bench than Terry Rozier is. I know it's not a one for one swap, but it kind of is. <laughs> um, the. But they get a Memphis team here that is pretty brutal in their own right. They're at least, you know, unapologetic about trying to lose this season um, in maybe a way that Charlotte isn't. Anything to like in this game, uh, I mean, you have Rozier, you have guys like P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges that are playing big minutes. Uh, Memphis, I think we can kind of just write off. They're not, the minutes there are just not there for that team. But anything to like here on the Charlotte side? Well, I think unfortunately on the Charlotte side, you're seeing pretty similar situation to what we see with the actual good teams, which is that as guys get better they just get more expensive in lockstep so like pj washington i think is just like officially overpriced you know people were trying to run him out there at it was like high six thousands the other day and i just don't see it i mean it's not that he can't touch those totals when the shot's falling he scrapes together a few steals he can get there but no i'm I'm not going to want to play pj washington Uh, i am interested in Devontae graham I, i think you know the the things i'm seeing from him do seem legit do you like to see the points and the usage on that end but the assist doug i mean Let's see here. So in his last seven games, he's got five games with nine or more assists. Doesn't that just seem awesome? Like, like that's just like that's just really, really good. You just don't see that too often. And to your point, he so he just is running the offense when he's out there. Uh, the offense flows through him. He's also chipping in on the defensive end. I think he is a true talent, seven thousand dollar player right now. So I would say he's the one Hornet that I am interested in rostering here. Um, the rest of them, you know, they're kind of fleeting, coming and going, or overpriced, and so I don't think I want to dabble there. But I, I am a believer in this Devontae Graham thing. I do think that's legit. The um, only concern I, with Graham is that, and we just mentioned this for all bench guys, is the minutes have nowhere to go but down. Usually, when you don't start the when you don't start the game, like this is always the Lou Williams problem, right? Like if you don't start the game on the court. When you just knock off the first, you know, whatever his first rotation is, four and a half to five minutes, um, I I have to look at popcorn, the popcorn factory uh, website to figure out what those rotations are. But like um, the either way, like if you just knock off those first minutes, like they can't come back in a way that they can for starters. That's my only concern. He's been awesome. There's nothing about that. I mentioned like him being the guy, really the guy off the bench. Like I think he's the only. I believe he leads the team in scoring. I think he's the only bench guy in the NBA that does that. So uh, nuts to Terry Rozier. I don't mind Terry Rozier, by the way, as a GBP play, upside play. If those minutes do kind of come around, Memphis is a good matchup. Uh, that's kind of the only way, I'm, the only kind of avenue I'm taking uh, on the Hornets for this sleep. Next game, we have uh, Philly goes in and plays Orlando. There's speculation that Joel Embiid is going to sit this back-to-back. He's been sitting back-to-backs up to this point. And I don't, he played a lot of minutes yesterday or uh, yeah, he played a lot of minutes yesterday against, um, oh, who they play? Not Atlanta. Oh, Cleveland. Sorry. Uh, they play, play Cleveland and he put up a huge line, but it does look like he's going to sit. If he were to sit, do we just need to kind of lock and load Al Horford? He's been awesome when Embiid has been off the court. He's averaging like 20 and 10 or something like that in 33 or 34 minutes with Embiid off the court, but the price doesn't move at all. Would Horford be something close to a lock for you? If, if we get the definitive news that Embiid were to sit, we do not have that news right now. Yeah, I think so. I think what you're seeing with Horford when Embiid is out is that Philly is just sort of, you know, it's in their muscle memory to run the offense through the center from time to time. Uh, everything about Horford's game gets better when Embiid is out. He's closer to the basket, uh, so he can gobble up more of those defensive rebounds. He is, the offense just runs through him a little bit more. So, you know, he had a seven assist game. I think that he'd be a great play if Embiid were to sit. Uh, classic case of a guy who's probably too expensive in his normal situation, but frequently we get these opportunities where he gets a little bit of extra, um, a little bit of extra run, and that's exactly what we're looking for. 
Yeah, 5,900 on DraftKings feels pretty easy to me there. Oh, yeah. um, the, the power forward position on FanDuel, just another season of you know death taxes and power forwards not knowing who to play at this position oh, no. on FanDuel. Um, they just need to eliminate it. I don't know what, what's going to make it happen to just go to a more of a system, a, flu, a more of a fluid positional system. Maybe they think it's going to be too hard for the user, which I totally get. It is harder um, to do the multi-position stuff. And at the same time, when you lock these guys into positions that they don't even play, like Jared Allen is a power forward <laughs> on FanDuel. Like on what fucking... Oh, I almost, I almost lost the explicit tag here. On what planet is this guy a power forward? This guy's never played power forward in his life. Like he's only played center. Like it just like doesn't make any sense. Who's the, who's the center? Torian Prince? Like it just drives me crazy. Why the hell is this guy a power forward? Because like it would make sense, I guess, a little bit if the positions even made sense, but they don't. And so... And an increasingly positionless NBA where these guys just, you know, like, you know, they just kind of the, the best players kind of do everything. Um, I don't know. We'll get rid of these. Get rid of these positions already. Just give us the best 12 guys. You realize that would guys. just that would wreak havoc on our algorithm, right? We'd have to go back to the algorithm guy and have him rewrite it. So not if they made it exactly like DraftKings. <laughs> if they made it exactly like DraftKings, we'd be totally fine. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, I guess from that point, I don't want it to happen. Um, other guys, I do think you can consider Ben Simmons here. He looked pretty healthy in his first game back from the shoulder issue uh, on Tuesday. He's not at any risk of losing minutes without him being Erski on the back-to-back. Tobias Harris was a guy people talked themselves into on Tuesday. I think you can go back there as well. So there's some intriguing, definitely some intriguing plays on Philly without um, – Without Embiid, Embiid just opens up so much of that other stuff around the margins. Orlando side, I'm kind of done with this team, except for Vooch, I think. I, I did call the Vooch's cooked uh, thing too early, so I'll take the L on that yeah, one. Yeah, true. He, he's, been, uh, he's been absolutely awesome since I said that. Other than him, though, <laughs> the... Um, I just like the, just the, you know, Terrence Ross is back, so that's the end of the guard minutes, sort of. Like for Fournier, Aaron Gordon just is never going to fully put it together, I don't think, um, from a fantasy perspective. And I just think Philly's just too good of a defense. Any quick thoughts here on Orlando, or can we kind of move on? Nah, they're they're mostly a pass for me. I think, like you said, Vooch, there was probably some value there a little while ago. Not anymore. I'm pretty much moving past this team right now, especially in a tough matchup. Your favorite team, the Celtics, are nine-point home favorites against the Wizards. I, um, I'm not sure how many years off my life Jason Tatum took with his last game, but it was more than one, less than five, I think. That would be somewhere <laughs> if, I had to, if I had to kind of put it in some kind of range. How many t- Jason Tatum related texts did I send you? Because um, you were, weren't kind of around that night. But was it four, five of just absolute tilt texts about his shooting? What, what, yeah. what, what, I think I got. Was, I think I got a quarterly update uh, between him and Derek Rose. I think it was like four or five texts that I showed up to when I got done with hanging out with my kids that night. Yeah, it was a. It, it was a nice run. What was it? One for eighteen. Was that the final line? I think well, that's what I got when I woke up our- in the morning. Our testament to our projection system is that we had Tatum under-owned on that slate and still cashed our lineups on FanDuel with him, um, which is an absolute and just utter miracle. Just, that, But it speaks to just that I think our projections are good across the board, so there are times when it can withstand stuff like this. But we, we rostered his very worst game of his career, <laughs> one for 18, um, just like you do. I'd rather <laughs> just scratch the guy. Anyway, here's the good news on the Celtics. Without Gordon Hayward, as we suspected – the the usage got spread around and the minutes got spread around to a point where I think we can pretty safely say what this team is without Hayward. And that's going to be Tatum's just going to continue to be a high usage guy. I love Jalen Brown, wrote up Jalen Brown yeah. and played Jalen Brown going into that game. He was second, third on the team in shots. He played 38 minutes. Marcus Smart grabbed the start at 37 minutes. And then the news notes here, Daniel Thies is going to sit. I mean, there's a couple teams we can do this for, but how far do we want to go in stacking the Celtics here? It's a dream match against the Wizards, and their their minutes at this point feel so safe without Hayward and the opportunity. I feel I feel, I feel like this is a known situation that we have without Hayward. Yep, and a guy like Jalen Brown, you know, we were talking about 
For cash games, we like to be picky when it comes to our plays. I think Jalen Brown is like the type of guy you build a lineup around. I mean, the fact that he's putting up about 6x points per dollar on these prices already in roughly league average matchups with San Antonio and Dallas, uh, getting a great matchup here with Washington. He's just doing it all, too, um, scoring and really, really rebounding the ball well, too. Uh, I love Jalen Brown. It just seems like an automatic play tonight. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's tough to go too wrong with a lot of these Celtics. I mean, some of the guys like Brad, like Walker and Tatum are getting expensive, um, but but I do think Brown is still way too cheap for his opportunity. Yeah, so um, the only problem with tonight is there's just lots of situations like this. I think this is the, the, the only situation we run into is that there's just a – there's a – just like an embarrassment of riches when it comes to just guys with new opportunity and value opening up. Cause we just mentioned an entire Sixers team. That's like this. There's two other teams we're going to talk about pretty soon here that are like this also. And that's the only thing that keeps me from making these guys automatic plays. I think almost any other slate, it would be, we'd be talking about high, high, high ownership on these guys. Uh, there's just a lot of these situations. Washington is absolutely brutal on defense. Second to worst defensive efficiency in the league. That is only going to get worse the more uh, minutes they play Isaiah Thomas. So um, that number is going to continue to drop. Isaiah Thomas is, is just one of the worst defenders in basketball. And I don't think they really care at this point. So the m- more minutes he, you get out of him, plus just whoever thing that they can't figure out who they're starting at small forward. Uh, this team is brutal on defense. Probably just going to get worse. Boston in a great situation here. Uh, and like I said, it's only because there's a lot of these other guys um, out there that um, we're not just running these stacking them across the board which is basically where we were the other night uh, when we ran all these guys real quick before we get to the rest of these games quick sponsor uh, mybookie.ag if you want to get started putting some money down on the games uh, there's really no better website to use than mybookie.ag use the promo code overtime o-v-e-r-t-i-m-e just like the podcast network we're on they're going to match your first deposit at 50% up to the up to a thousand dollars so you deposit a thousand you get 50 a five hundred dollar deposit bonus a hundred dollars you get 50 you can figure out the math for every other denomination that you want to put in mybookie.ag has lines in every game i, I took the i took the jazz over my nets plus six uh minus six yesterday <laughs> minus five didn't cover jerks um just couldn't go nets, nets. Couldn't find, I, I, nets, do, couldn't do find a way to foul at that? the end of the game do you tell people about that on your nets podcast that you're constantly like betting against the nets in, in every oh yeah that, season I totals did, i did that lines. i did that <laughs> I'm sure they hate it. I'm sure they hate it because I did that as my my book my bookie read leading into last game for the Jets for the Jazz preview. I said that my bookie.ag minus six love the Jazz on that number. So I don't know if that's going to translate to more listens. Um, but I just got to be honest. Got to keep it real over on the over on we got Nets. So yeah, I, I mentioned that as part of the my bookie read. And I'll mention it here that I lost that bet. So go Nets. Even though they lost the game, so worst of both worlds. But uh, my bookie.ag <laughs> use the promo code over use the promo code overtime. And you're all set. You play, you win, get paid. Love my bookie. It was the easy, easiest ever sponsor read to do because we've already used them, already deposited there. And uh, yeah, just love the site. Houston go, is going to host the Clippers. So lots of stuff going on here. Want your thoughts. First is Eric Gordon's going to miss uh, next three months with uh, a hand injury. So he's out. Uh, they've also lost Daniel House. He's out. I really struggled to figure out who the minutes are going to go to now. It seems like it's going to be like a Ben McLemore, Austin Rivers, Thabo Cephalosha, bunch of dudes that just stand there and do nothing the whole game i would suspect yeah that's um, that's the big problem right but, i think that it's i think you're right mclemore seems to be somewhat of the heir apparent to these minutes you know he had a 30 minute game against memphis he did absolutely nothing i mean he's been doing this from team to team i don't I don't really know what teams are seeing in him these days like he was doing this on sacramento when he when they they gave him the reins right and so uh yeah i, I i'm not going to 
be psyched to play Macklemore if he gets a nod, which it looks like it will. Um, but yeah, Tabo, man, he he's a man who can also stand on an NBA court for 35 minutes and shoot two times. So I don't. This is a, a lot of opportunity opening up. I'm just not sure it matters for DFS purposes. It's really a testament to how little you've done over your career with our projection system when I give you 32 minutes and you're the minimum price on FanDuel and you're not even close to a lineup. Like He's just like five and a half <laughs> yeah, points. That's, that, that's Macklemore. It's, that's really hard to do. Well, Because the thing is, too, like so even if you took his historical numbers, uh, which were already pretty bad in terms of this stuff, then you put him on a team with Harden and Westbrook, and it's like, homie, you're not touching the ball at all. Like you're just You can just do some cardio, play some defense, maybe hit a wide-open three every once in a while. I guess more of my question, though, is around Harden and Westbrook. I guess more specifically Westbrook, because Westbrook is a really nice price on DraftKings. He's less than 9000 The rebounding has been really down for the last four games or so. But I do feel like the minutes, like no Gordon, that, it's not a direct one-to-one, but it kind of is. Um, and then no Daniel House. Like They're just short on talent at this point. And I just don't know if we think that just translates even more to like, now we're just looking at 40 minutes for Harden and 37 for Westbrook. I guess like that's my bigger question is, not so much giving the minutes to the Thabos of the world um, or Gary Clarks of these guys. It's more like, do we just see Harden get up to 39 and Westbrook get up to 38 and they just kind of start rolling these as their lineups? Because if they do, then all of a sudden these guys, even against the Clippers, are are almost value plays at their prices. Yeah, I don't think Westbrook is where I would want to turn. I'm, I'm pretty concerned about two things on Westbrook right now. Uh, we saw this happen with Chris Paul as time went on in Houston too, where – it's all well and good for the opportunity to get chopped up early, but in the last two games, the assists have been re- really troubling to me. So, you know, Westbrook has been on the lock for a triple-double for years, and the game where he had two and four assists against New Orleans and Chicago, huge red flag to me. I mean, leaving behind seven assists or whatever on his uh, per 36-minute uh track record is going to be really problematic for his pricing. So I don't think I would want to go there with Westbrook. I could see it with Harden, although the price has you know, come up to the point where it's more than justifying the production. So on a night where we're going to get lots of punts, Harden is a totally reasonable payoff. You know, he's been playing 5x points per dollar with some regularity here. I don't know. I don't think I would want to pair both of them, though. Okay, so I think I totally agree with you on all that stuff. I'll probably end up having to have some do- downward guidance on Westbrook's uh, overall projection. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm not, I'm not having a problem with Harden. On the Clipper side, this is another one of these question marks. Hopefully, we're going to get the news. Kawhi is not going to play back-to-backs. They are in a back-to-back here on the first leg of the back-to-back with the news that Paul George is going to make his debut on Thursday. So I, I think there's some chance that Kawhi, like that they just try to time that so Kawhi and Paul George play together on Thursday, but I'm not positive. I'm just guessing at that. I do know Kawhi is going to sit one of these two games. I think we're just going to have to wait on the news for this one. Um, if Kawhi sat, how far do we take like guys like Lou Williams, who's been a chalk play without Kawhi, uh, Montrezl Harrell, who just you know who gets a lot more usage without Kawhi around, guys like Patrick Beverly. Like, how much do you see the dance that we're gonna have to do um, around these lineups come seven o'clock Eastern? Like, there's just we're, we're through four games already, and we've talked about superstar level redistribution of of kind of opportunity in minutes. Like, do you this is this making you sort of like not not panic, but like. Are we just going to see ownership all over the place? Because there's like, uh, like this is this is crazy. Like this is like un, this sort of unprecedented with the amount of just like superstars and like maybe potential value opening up to the point where we could just see lineups just all over the place. Does that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I think you'll see really high totals in your cash games tonight, and you know, getting those, uh, you know, that it really also shines a light on why you're not going to take a risk on a guy like Devontae Graham tonight, right? Where it's like, hey, he's been sort of paying this price. This matchup's reasonable. That's probably not going to be wind up 
or not going to wind up being good enough for tonight's cash games. So you're really looking to do just like broken stuff where you're getting a guy who's going to go 6x, 7x on his price. And yeah, so I think that's the major thing I'm keeping in mind here. In terms of ownership being all over the place, I don't always mind it when there's clearly good plays. Like I, I don't like it when there's four kind of middling punts and I have to choose two. I don't like that because one guy could score 30 and the other guy could score 14. And it's not because you made a bad decision. It's just because you know, something stupid happened with the minutes, but I think tonight, actually, I'm picking between great plays, and I, I don't mind that quite as much. Yeah, and I think, like you said, I think you're going to see uh, high totals because of it. We'll get to the last three games here in a sec, but first, you got to make sure you go check out Vivid Seats. If you're trying to get tickets to a game, Vivid Seats app is about the best one that you can use out there. Uh, use the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Use that promo code. They're going to give you up to $100 back on your first ticket purchase. Uh, so you're just getting money back right away on the first tickets you buy. You're going to get automatically enrolled into the rewards program. So the more you use it, the more you benefit um, just in terms of prizes and just cash back and things like that along the way through Vivid Seats. Makes it super easy to buy tickets just with pictures of the, the view from the exact seat that you're going to sit in just so you can just know right away sort of what you're getting and when, before you even walk into the stadium. Vivid Seats app. Just go download it right now. It's super easy to use. Use the promo code overtime. You get all those great benefits, and you'll be good to go. I'm trying to get, speaking of my Nets, I'm trying to get my Nets tickets for when I'm uh, back in the next two weeks. I think it was Nets-Hawks was the game I was trying to look at. So so if you want to go join me there, use the Vivid Seats app. We can go watch a Nets game together. Not you, not you, James. I'm talking to the listener. I know, I know you're not going to the Nets <laughs> game with me. All right, 8 o'clock games. Um, game that I don't know. I guess I'd, I'd pay to get a ticket to go see Carl Anthony Towns. The Timberwolves are two-point favorites against the Spurs at home with a 228 total. I have no idea what the, the what's going on with the Timberwolves in terms of their minutes. Like they started Jared Culver, then they brought it, then they moved the Koji to the bench, then they brought back in a Koji, and they kind of didn't play him a ton. And Trevian uh, Graham kind of plays and he doesn't, and Robert Covington kind of plays and he doesn't. I kind of just see this team as like it's Towns or Wiggins, and then I'm just willing to forget every single other guy on the team. Is that fair? And I, I don't even want to do it against the Spurs anyway. But like, I'm kind of just done with the Timberwolves unless it's those two guys until Jeff T comes back. And I think I'm just done with all of them. Is that a fair assessment of the Timberwolves <laughs> right now? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Towns. There's a chance that he's underpriced right now. If you can make heads or tails of what his true rotation ought to be, uh, had a little foul trouble against Detroit. Uh, wound up missing. You know some significant minutes on that rotation. There was also a piece where that was the second half of a back-to-back where he played 41 minutes against Denver. So I think Towns still in a spot um, based on some early season bizarre game scripts where he played like 28 minutes in a game, 23 minutes against Philadelphia, where he's probably a little bit underpriced relative to what we can expect from him in his full run of minutes. I think his normal rotation should be between 36 and yeah, 34 to 36 minutes a game. That's probably pretty safe. And I think if you're getting that, he's still a value. Uh, you know, all the other signs, all the positive things that we loved about Towns, you know, as we were breaking down this early season are still there. Uh, the assists are still there. He doubled his volume of three-pointers while making more of them. Uh, just a phenomenal player overall. I think there's room for growth in the free throw percentage. So you could argue potentially that he's even run bad there. Um yeah, I think he's a very good player, and I think the minutes so far, even though they're identical to last season, very bizarre, 3303. I think that could come up a little bit more. So I am pretty high on Towns uh, coming into here, even though he doesn't necessarily fit that broken level of new opportunity category. I still think he's in a very, very solid spot here and wouldn't mind him as, as a pay-up at FanDuel. 
Yep, and, and but I just think in general, I think you're gonna get so much value in other places. I don't think you need to do it. Same with the Spurs. Like I just don't. The Spurs rotations have been basically the same since the start of the season. They haven't really sat anybody. Yeah. And everyone just kind of plays limited minutes at times, like Dejounte Murray. Uh, people have played Aldridge and played DeRozan last slate, but this is not the slate to do it. These are small slate heroes, and that's just kind of it. That's kind of it for me on the on the Spurs. I just don't on a big slate with all this other stuff going on. Uh, not not a team I'm targeting really at all. Toronto goes in and plays Portland. Uh, Toronto, they just the, the no one can stay healthy here. They lose Kawhi, then they lose Lowry, now they lose OG. The starters are playing insane minutes. Like Siakam has played all but six minutes of the last two games. I think Van Vliet's played even more. Like they're playing like 44, 45 minutes a game. I don't think it's gonna stop. I think that they're just gonna. I think they see this as. We're gonna go back and try to repeat without Kawhi and show you. I, does it, do you get that sense? I feel well, maybe you said that in the, one of the podcasts. Like these, the minutes they're playing, I, I guess they're just fine with it. But these guys play so much. Like I just don't even know where you set their minutes floor at because it feels crazy to type in the number forty when you're putting in a, a, a minutes projection, yeah, especially this early in the season. Like we're not in the playoffs. Like, but when you start dabbling in the forty number for a guy like Van Vliet <laughs> or like Siakam, Siakam, you. Yeah. Agree, you agree with me, right? When we're in our back end system and just kind of like figuring out these minutes, that's like a number that I kind of just stopped at, and I feel like that might be low, right? Like I yeah. just don't. Well, know, like, in the playoffs, we'll do it. That's like a time where we're willing to touch forty. Um, but yeah, in the regular season, it, it is sort of unprecedented, especially for credible teams that are actually kind of smart. Uh, there must be something like this is like the anti-load management season for Toronto yeah. or something after they just won the title on the back of it last year. Um, I will say, I don't know if you saw the video uh, that they played about Kawhi in his first game back to Toronto. This is something you have to go check out if you haven't caught it yet. But um, it was just like the story. It was so it was almost bizarre, but super, super well done. Where it's like. Yeah, you came to us, you brought us a championship, and we're not mad. We're hoping for the best, but we still got a sick squad, and we're coming for you tonight. Stuff like that. They were yeah. showing like highlights of Kawhi in the Toronto jersey. Anyway, absolutely worth, worth checking that out. Um, but yeah, right in that video, they were like, but we still got a sick squad, and, and we're running it back this year. So I think they are, I think that is the internal dialogue. It's like, yeah, sure, we don't have Kawhi, but like it wasn't all about Kawhi, right? And I think that's really fueling. <laughs> what's been a pretty incredible run i mean they're uh, fourth in the east in a point differential uh just seven they were seven and two they lost their last game but um yeah just really putting it together i'm i'm a believer in these minutes early season and they're very expensive i, I don't know you can believe in the minutes and not believe in the price right like i don't know if siakam is a 9700 dollar player like that doesn't strike me as exactly where i want to be but hey with uh, lowry and og both out tonight maybe right <laughs> like at some point uh that is just a heck of a lot of opportunity so yeah i think that that's what i mean like i have them i have van vliet and siakam at 40 minutes each right now um again that could be 10 percent too low just based on what they're playing which is crazy to even consider. <laughs> probably not 10 percent um, i do yeah. think well, they, they played 45 and 44 over the last two games i'm just saying that like that they're mm, that is that over the last couple over the last two games each that is low like that is they played they played <laughs> almost the entire game like so um <laughs> okay. I, I that 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 that's what i don't i don't think that's a that's not a laugh it off statement i think 40 42 could be the number um i think norman powell is going to probably press against 40 minutes with that with no og ronnie house jefferson is going to be an absolute crazy chalk play he started the second half for ananobi the other day the price really didn't move as as much as really it should have 
He's a power forward at 4,200 on FanDuel. He'll probably be among the highest owned players. 4,500 on DraftKings. I think um, no reason to just not play him. He can do enough scoring and rebounding um, that he doesn't shoot threes like Ananobi does, but I don't think it matters. I think the price and the minutes, the minutes are very, feel very, very safe on him. I think you can make a case to just stack something like Van Vliet, Siakam, Powell, and Jefferson and feel like you're getting an average of 40 minutes across the board when it's all said and done, which again, feels completely nuts. Um, and I don't think that's, I think that's fine. Uh, Chris Boucher is another one. He's still 4,300. He's a fantasy points per minute beast. Um, you just got to hope he gets to like 25 minutes. I don't want to do it at 6,500 on FanDuel, but 4,300 on DraftKings is somewhat enticing with him coming off the bench. So a lot to like here. Portland, they're pretty much the team that they've been. So I don't think we're getting value on Lillard or uh, McCollum or even Whiteside at this point. Uh, unless you're saying they did start Bazemore in front of Hood. He's played like 35 minutes last game. He's something of a punt play. Uh, any thoughts here on Portland? Yeah, I don't know if I want to really run it out there with Portland tonight. Um, you know, with Toronto seeming hyper motivated and Portland basically playing the big names at pretty consistent minutes early. Like I talked about McCollum earlier this season at 6,400, and I said I thought he was a mid-$7,000 player. Well, he's there now. Uh, so the same thing about Lillard when he was 9,000, uh, saying he could push 9,500 or 10,000. He's 10-2 tonight, and I just don't think that grabbing these guys against Toronto is really ultimately where I want to land. Uh, Toronto playing a top-five defensive efficiency this season, uh, and they're you know characteristically, well, I guess they're a little faster than usual. I do take that back. Uh, top 10 pace, but that top five defense or top five defensive efficiency means it's going to often be tough to play guys going up against them, especially on a night where we just have value for miles, right? So, yeah, I, I don't see myself wanting to run a lot of trailblazers here. All right, final game on the slate is another one that's going to have us doing some uh, maybe some dances around minutes, and I'm hoping we get the news. And there's no there's no sure thing because this one is three hours after lineup lock. Anthony Davis is questionable to play, trending toward unlikely uh, after leaving the game yesterday in the Lakers' win. They are 12-point favorites against Golden State, who amount to about as good as a DFS matchup as you can get at this point, playing easily the worst defensive efficiency in the league, even if the pace is slowed down. But now we're in team number six or seven on this slate of a bunch of opportunity opening up. Um, does LeBron, if no Anthony Davis here, does LeBron just become the must-play? And then I think I think we're gonna get Kuzma into the starting lineup, though that's no sure thing. Like they only played the center the way they do because Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the center. Um, he wants to play power forward. I don't feel like they need. I don't think it's a surefire thing that Kuzma is in the starting lineup. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like they could go a lot of different directions with this team because LeBron just gives them the opportunity to do it. So I, I only want to caution people there unless you know for sure. But what do we want to do uh, with the Lakers here? presuming that Davis probably doesn't play, do we just lock in LeBron and see how the rest of the lineup shakes out? Yeah, I think you do. I think if Davis were to sit, LeBron is the guy that you want in that payoff position because, again, all those other guys are good plays, but then he would become... He's already an okay play on his current prices, and with Davis out, he would just become absolutely phenomenal. I mean, again, what's arguably the best DFS matchup in the 2019 season, uh, I think you'd grab him. And I think Kuzma actually really ranks as a really, really solid punt option, almost regardless. I mean, he's sort of been doing it on this price already, playing 24 to 25 minutes a game. And he would really fill in nicely for those touches that Davis would vacate. Like, LeBron can't take all of those. And we know that a lot of LeBron's game is actually finding open teammates in good positions. And I think Kuzma could fill that role. You know, he just scored 23 points against Phoenix. He was, like, the main piece that was left after, like, when uh, this whole thing... I came together with Davis and LeBron, so I I do see him as being 
you know, a pretty positive, certainly a great play if he starts, but even maybe playable uh, if he doesn't. Uh, and then the other guy to keep an eye on here is Rondo. And maybe it's only a big tournament thing, but, um, and obviously if there's a minute limitation, then you're not going to be excited about that. But came back against Phoenix, played 14 minutes, contributed a classic Rondo line of five, six, and seven, and still very cheap too. If you think he's going to add any minutes at all, especially with Davis out of the lineup, then I think that could be a, a very interesting DFS play as well. There was a 15-minute limit on Tuesday on Rondo, so I think that we can probably feel pretty safe limiting him again. I do think there's still kind of a limit on Kuzma, and this is a back-to-back. This is my concern. This is my only thing. I'm like I'm telling people to pump the brakes on Kuzma. I love Kuzma. 4,100, I think he's going to probably be chalk, and you're probably just fine with it. Like Between the ownership and his upside, I think you can live with it. I do think the existence of Ronda Hollis Jefferson and um, Al Horford do not make uh, Kuzma a lock for me on FanDuel. And I think only because if he just played 25 minutes because they're still, you know, kind of training wheels bringing him back from the injury. And again, like I just not – anyway, that's all I'm saying. It's like I I think he's a great play. And of all the guys that just might play 24 minutes and that's the end of it, him on the back-to-back on already sort of a minutes limit, I'm a little concerned with Kuzma. So that's my only... I, I just want to I just want to caution people a little bit. He's not going to go out there and play 35 minutes. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's almost no shade. The Lakers are being pretty smart this season with stuff like this. And um, in a way, they just haven't been before. So I just... That's the only thing with Kuzma. And whatever. He could still, he's still a good play. D'Angelo Russell has taken 25, 19, 37, and 24 shots over the last four. Um... He just chucks the ball up every single time he walks down the court. Is there, uh, you know, do you want to, is he an upside play? He's also had a ton of assists, eight, seven, five, eight over the last four uh, in terms of assists. The guy's been absolutely unbelievable from a fantasy perspective. Bunch of steals too. Um, where do you rank him in terms of like this upside thing? Like, do we think, like, do you GBP stack of him and LeBron? Hope they get in a shootout mm. and like that's the, could be a GBP winner. Like, where do you think, where does Russell stand here? 34 and 40 minutes in three of the last four, too. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. Like, he's just kind of like, he might just be like a $9,500 player, maybe more going forward. Yeah, yeah. I uh, hesitate to just pencil guys in for this kind of production growth. But I think what you've seen in the last three games, uh, even with, you know, like a Utah matchup sprinkled in there, is that he, it seems like almost his floor is paying this price. And then the absolutely outrageous ceiling he displayed against Minnesota leads me to believe, like, I mean, he's he should be shooting a lot, right? He's playing with actual G League guys who wouldn't make a roster on, you know, half the league or something like that. And they're in the starting lineup alongside of him. So I think Russell, definitely one of those guys that is still probably a little bit underpriced relative to his opportunity. Uh, the Lakers have been good defensively this season. I think a lot of people question how this would come together, but they've really had things clamped down pretty damn well. Uh, currently, if I could get this to load, was it? Yeah, top one in defensive efficiency. So first place overall, that's pretty good. Uh, Utah, of course, tied with them, and Russell just paid his value against Utah. So it's not like it's undoable or anything like that. But um, but yeah, just wanted to caution people against that because, again, if you're just scooting into basketball or you're picking it up now because uh, your football wasn't going so well, you may think of the Lakers as a sort of civ team, but they have been at times in the past. They are not that this year. So that's the only word of caution that I'd throw out there for you. All right, buddy, it's going to be a really interesting slate. I don't remember this kind of uh, superstar movement in in so few games. Um, It seems like every single one, except for maybe one or two, have just major, major moving parts that we're going to need to break down going into lineup lock. But we're here for you, and we got you covered. DFSR.com slash deals will get you started on a free trial to our projection system. You head on over. You're going to get optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings. You're also going to get members-only chat where we're breaking it down with users every day before every slate, talking about all this stuff in real time, 
get passing along news, making sure everything's accounted for. Um, it's really a community of, of users at this point. James and I run the projection system, but I, I have to say it's, uh, it's almost like a, it's a group think at this point in turn, not like not group things the wrong one. It's like, um, we're sourcing information from all of our users because we are, we have so many, we have so many users in there that just offer so, like just, you know, questions and, you know, news on the fly. It acts as something as a clear, just like trying yeah. to figure out what you're doing on a thing. Yeah, yeah, hive mind. That's about. I group thing was the wrong word. I knew I knew that was wrong when I said it. But um, no, yeah, hive mind. There's another word that I'm thinking of that I can't. Uh, that I'm just I'm struggling to think of. But that's because I'm coming up with this on the fly. DFSR.com/deals gets you started. It's free seven day trial. Go over and check it out. There's no risk. You go in, you ask people how they like it, and you're gonna hear from our longtime people that say they've been with us for years. They love it, and it's one of the reasons we've been around for about as long as anybody in the industry. So DFSR.com/deals will get you started, buddy. Enjoy your Wednesday night and hoops. It's gonna be a fun one. Yeah.